a little white candle from our Christ candle. Don't know. The Christ is our awareness, the conscious awareness. The Advent is the coming forth of the Christ. And there are four aspects, four Sundays where we light candles. And this candle is the first week, and it was the candle of hope. Hope, uh, standing to faith. Hope is our dream for a uh, brighter future, while faith is our uh, knowing of the good that is now. And then the second week, we lit the candle of peace. And as we say, let there be peace in earth and let it begin with me. And last week, we lit the candle of joy, knowing that joy is an innate quality within us, that no matter what is going on in our connection with our source, with what we call God, there is always an aspect of joy within us. And today we light the fourth candle of Advent. It is the candle of love. Knowing that love is the great connector between our source and ourselves and between each other. So, let's see here. What all do we want to talk about? We could talk about love. Now, here's the thing about love. Love. I, uh, every year I have been in ministry, it gets harder and harder to talk about these things because see, I used to be more idealistic and I, and I thought I knew what love was. I used to think I knew what God was and I knew, I thought, oh, I can look it up. I can look it up in revealing word. I can look it up and get these definitions. It's kind of like, do you remember when in the beginning, when I first came here, and I would talk about God. And I would say, I don't know what it is. And yet I talk as if I do. I talk as if, as if it's something solid rather than, and then one day I learned, oh, God is a word we made up to describe what we cannot describe, what there are no words for. And that's why in the God vibration, I'm willing to trust that the word God has a great effect and is useful, extremely, extremely useful, if you are willing to get on board with that word. So if I say God is, I can tell you God is omnipresence, presence itself. I can tell you God is omniscience, uh, you know, knowledge itself. I can tell you God is omnipotence, power itself. I can tell you these things. I still don't know, I still can't define them you know, you look at presence. What is presence? Oh, well, it's it's all around you. And what does that mean? Oh, well, it's all around you. And, and, and that's kind of the best I can get. Well, God is intelligence itself. Now, that's very different than saying God is smart. And, and so what does it mean? Intelligence. It means I have the ability to think and to think with good sense, should I be paying attention. And omnipotence, all power, power itself, doesn't say God is powerful. It says God is power itself. And so you, I get there and I think, but God is power itself. So there must be a power flowing through me is how I got on board with that. In our God vibration, I, I told, I've told so many times, I've told the story. I, I researched, I looked for the history of the word God. Why did they choose that word to agree upon in order to describe this, uh, 
this being, this beingness, this uh, love, this whatever, this allness, I guess is the best way to put it. Where did they come up with it? And I, I looked, I mean, I Googled, I Googled God, and I uh, <clears throat> asked ministers, and they all told me about God. Well, you know, God is this and God is that. And I said, yes, but you're not telling me about the word. And I want to know about the history of the word because that will help me to practice it better. And finally, it was a channeler I went to. Uh, I think he cha channeled Gabriel, I, th I think. Uh, he's no longer with us, but I, I'm pretty sure it's been many years. And what he told me is that the God was taught in ancient mystery schools as a vibration. And that's where I started doing the God vibration. When I heard that, that made sense to me. From what I can understand, it came out of German, the German language, gut, you know, it's gut, and, and God, gut. And so God is a derivative of the word uh, good. And with that, but it's, it's the good that has no opposite. And when I understood that, my very first Sunday ever in, uni in a unity church, and I understood, oh, in God, in that power that is, I am good. And it's not based on judgment. And it's not based on opinion. And it's not based on even desirability. It's certainly not based on my behavior, thank goodness. And it's not based on how I feel. It's based on what I am. I am good. And as I continue to study over the years, and then and I learned, oh, God, uh, God is love itself. And I thought, oh, that, that, see, that to me is logical. Once again, God is love. Because it, it just, but love cannot be defined any more than God is. You know, I could tell you of a personal love where I am drawn to someone, but it's still based on my opinions of them. Sometimes it's just based on energy. Sometimes you are just drawn to another person's energy and you, and you love them and you cannot explain why you love them, but you know that you do. And uh, many years ago, I was in Greece, uh, not the show, <laughs> the country, and, and I... Uh, okay, we got a lot of show people come around here. And, and But we, I was in... Sorry, I got a fuzzy here. I, I was in Greece uh, with a, you know, on a Unity trip back in 1999. It was with Unity of New York. And I remember we were in the big museum in Athens. And there was a statue of a man there, young man. And I looked at this statue and I was in love. Now, it makes no sense. Why would I be in love with a statue? An old statue. I mean, it wasn't an old man, and but it turns out that the statue they assumed was a grave marker of some sort. But what I mean, I had an ache to know this person in this statue. But I, I, uh, there was nothing. It was there, but it didn't seem like there was anything to, to tell me about it. So I got back on the bus, and the minister who was with us, he handed me a postcard as he got on the bus. And it was of that statue. And that statue's name was Koros. And Koros is the cologne I have worn since I was 18 years old. So I, you know, I don't know all of the stuff that goes on in the invisible. What I know is I had a great connection. If, if we live multiple lives, was I 
the being this was based on. I'll, I don't know. I don't know if I ever will know. Uh, but it was, it was a little too much to just be coincidence. But what I noticed was a love, not for the way the statue was dressed, not for the artistry of the artist. I had a connection to whatever being energy-wise had gone into this, this uh, statue. And, and so I pay attention to those kind of things because, again, as I say, I don't really know what love is. And, but yet I have a longing to love. I have a longing to experience love. I can't tell you anymore that I have a great longing to be loved. And here's why. Because I know without a doubt that I am loved. Unless the weather isn't what I want it to be. You know, that, that's the insanity of us, isn't it? I am, oh, I am so loved. And I, da, 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 da. Uh, and then I'll go out and swear about the weather. And, and it's, and I'm like, no, no, no. I am loved. I am loved no matter what the weather is. I am loved whether you like me or not. I am loved whether I am likable or not. I am loved no matter what I weigh. I am loved no matter how much money is in my bank account or isn't in my bank account. I am loved whether everybody likes me or not. I am loved with an everlasting love, and I believe that. And I'm here to remind everybody here, you need to believe that. You, you need to get on board with it if you're not already on board with it, uh, you are loved with an everlasting love. And so the more that we get on board with that, the less we will hurt ourselves. The more that we get on board with, I am loved with an everlasting love, the less we will compete with our brothers and our sisters, the less that we will judge ourselves and our brothers and our sisters, the less we will try to change one another. You see, if I know that I am loved and I know that you are loved, why do I need to change you? I don't. There's, it's a useless question. Uh, do not embark on yet another useless journey. We're taught in Course in Miracles. And if you don't know what that means, what that means, do not embark on yet another useless journey. I think it's in Chapter 3. It's been a long time since I've read the Course. But I, that, that statement stood out to me many years ago. The question why is almost always an embarkation for a useless journey. And the reason for that is most uh, whys, the question why to get an answer is to, uh, you're just going to have to make something up because there's no true answer to why. Why are you doing that? Because I want to. And who is ever satisfied with that answer? Why did you make that mistake? Because I did because I wasn't paying attention. And so you, you see, there, there is no uh, true answer to why, but I am still loved, and so are you. And so if we come together in the world, realizing oh, we are loved with an everlasting love, I'm not going to try to change you. And I'm not going to accept that you try to change me. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to resist you. I'm just not likely to do it unless I know that the only thing you are trying to change is my awakening level. 
And that doesn't mean you come to preach at me. It's because you clearly say, oh, I forgot. And maybe I can do it. I usually learn from someone's example more than I learn from their preaching. Hence why I'm a preacher today. And so, but I try to be an example as well. I really do. And some days I forget. Some days I put up a block to love. Anybody? Anybody? A block. And, uh, you know, our blocks to love is words like, I am poor, I am unhealthy, I am sick, I'm tired. Oh, my goodness, I was talking to somebody the other day, I don't remember who, just kept saying over again uh, how, how sick he was of this and how sick he was of that and how sick. And I did invite him to perhaps find another word that, uh, that affirming he was sick over and over and over again. And at first it jolted him, but it made sense to him. It seemed logical, you know, because he, he's very resistant to the word God or religion of any kind. But I said, you know, it cannot be healthy to keep affirming that you are sick. And because you are sick of this doesn't mean you'll get rid of it. And it doesn't mean your attitude around it will get well. It's through the laws of non-resistance that, that we begin to get well. So what's another word for I'm sick of this? Well, it could be, I don't like this. I don't like that this keeps happening. Now, the person, the enlightened person will say, so what do I need to think in order for it to shift? And the unenlightened person will say, I don't like this and it's never going to change. I don't like this and you have to change it. You know that, But at least we've gotten over, I'm sick of this. You know, one step at a time, one thought at a time. So for us to keep looking at, at our lives, remember in Advent, the coming forth of the Christ awakening. And this is the week of love. So it's the coming forth of love in our consciousness. Because just because we can't define it doesn't mean we can't experience it fully and consciously. In fact, we would do well to let go of the need to define a lot of stuff. We would do very, very well to just let go of the need of definition and begin working on contemplation. You know, would you be okay if you suddenly had an epiphany within you of love? If you suddenly just had a burst of something and you knew it was love, and you knew it was a part of a way you can know it's love is that nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets hurt with your love. Nobody gets hurt with my love. And I don't get hurt with anybody else's love. If I can be hurt by it, it's not love. It is a blockage to love. If you can be hurt by it, it is a blockage to love. And, and so we must unblock it. Only love lives here. You've heard me say that so many times. I go in my house, I say, only love lives here. I go through room to room, not every day, but enough to go from room to room. I, we have a guest room that hasn't been used in a long time. And I like to go in there at least once a week. If I'm down at that end, end of the hallway, it's only love lives in here. We know you're here. And, and love permeates the walls. Love permeates the bed. Love permeates the, the, the very floor, the closet, everything, the bedding. Uh, and so that I have a conscious awareness 
that there is good in this room. One of my teachers recently said that when Charles Fillmore, Unity's co-founder, spoke, spoke of God, the, he, there were two other words that were synonymous with God and that he was also referring to. One was principle, that principle and God are the same thing, and love and God are the same thing. And they are activities, they are action words, that they have a constant flow. There is never a uh, stillness to love. There is never a stillness. There may be a peace and a quiet, but love never gets stagnant. That's the word I want. They never get stagnant. Principle is never stagnant. Love is never stagnant. They are activity within us. And we're either using them or misusing them. But love is. It is in and through and as me. You could be, instead of declaring I am sick, imagine start declaring I am love. I am love. You don't have to know what it means. Just do it. I am love. I am love. And some who have resistance will say, oh, that sounds so stupid. And I say, I don't care. Do you want to heal? Do you want to become aware of your wholeness and your joy and all the good that is in and through you? Or do you just want to have intellectual understanding? I didn't heal through the intellect. I healed through the acceptance of divine principle. And I healed as a child, accepting it. And I, I just, because, I, you know, it just resonated with me. Oh, that has to be true. That absolutely has to be true. I'd hear some of this stuff. I'd say, oh, that's got to be true. I have no idea why it's true or how it's true, but it just, it just felt right within me. Now, for some piece people, I don't understand why it doesn't feel right within you. It's like, I, I just assume you're resisting in some way because it's got to be correct. I catch myself over and over and over again, misapplying the principle. And when I, so, um, I try it within seconds now. When I catch myself to say, okay, that feels awful. And it goes away from what you preach, not only to everybody else, but to yourself, Sean. I preach all this stuff to myself all week long. Oh, it doesn't stop. Imagine, imagine if I called you and we got on the phone and I talked about this all day long to you. You don't want to lose your mind. And, and I, uh, but, but I do. I, I hear it because I want to heal. I want a whole and complete healing. And I trust that you do too. Now, I, I, typed, I typed this out earlier. And it's the closest I could come to a definition. Now, here's the thing about definitions. I don't believe they can be an absence of something. You know, the isness cannot be the absentness of it. But I still like this. And it says, love never dies. It cannot be lost, stolen, or destroyed. But it can certainly be forgotten. It can be forgotten. So I ask us all today in this Christmas time, this Christmas time, this coming forth of the Christ awakening in us. Let's remember love. I will spend today saying, Spirit, remind me of love. Show me love. Show me where it is. Show me how it is. Because I am willing to experience it. 
in my thoughts, in my words, in my actions, in my relationships, in my money, in my work, in my play, in my world. I am willing to see a breakthrough of love in all that I fear and resent. And I'm willing to see a breakthrough of love anywhere I have doubted that good is. I'm willing to breathe it. I'm willing to live it. Why? Because I am love. I am love. I am love. And so it is. Amen.